The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. This is the show where we discuss hard assets, assets that stand the test of time. And one of the things that we've been doing on this show since we started back in 2008 is talking about what they say in the mainstream media versus what's actually happening in the real world. So pushback on the legacy media is something that we are used to here at Guildhall, and we've been doing it against uh, some of those major players for quite some time. We're going to do a little bit of that today because, of course, ever since we've been involved in this business, uh, by the way, my name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined with Jerry Karaya. Ever since we've been in this business, the mainstream has been pretty much 85% negative on gold. Wouldn't you agree on that, Jerry? Yeah. So we're going to start today with with one of those uh, type of experiences we're having right now in the market where um, there's uh, entities out there in mainstream basically trying to get people to not own gold. And we're going to tell you exactly why the opposite is true. And you need insurance for your portfolio. You need that insurance for your wealth. And you cannot buy that insurance after the fire. So we want to talk about that today. We're going to talk a little bit about digital wealth. That's something we brought up last week a little bit with regard to central banks trying to warm people up to the idea of central bank digital currencies. We're going to talk a little bit about that, update it, especially with the GoFundMe issues we've seen with the convoys over the past uh, week and a half. We'll talk about the Great Reset a little bit. And of course, the burning, burning issue is inflation. Let's start with that. Jerry, as we've always known, inflation as stated by the government is usually understated. So when they've often said inflation was at 2%, in the real world, the inflation rate was probably closer to 5 or 6 which meant every year you were burning 5% of your purchasing power just by having the money in the bank. Now, at 5% interest, now we're not advisors, but at 5%, at 5% um, inflation rate, you know, that's something you can probably overcome with some cleverness in the market. You could get some dividends getting close to that. And if the market goes up 3 4%, then you can at least break even nominally on the inflation rate. Now, the government this week, well, previously they said inflation was at 4%. And if we just start with the base knowledge that they're, that they're underestimating that and understating that, well, they've raised that now, haven't they? And now they're calling it 7%. And we have to then still assume that that is an understated rate of inflation. What do you say? Yeah, so this week, this was the big figure that came out of the states. Uh, the U.S. CPI print came out yesterday and again exceeded expectations, this time at a blistering hot 7.5%. It's the highest seen since March of 1982 when rates were 115 not at zero. And this was the ninth beat of transitory expectations in the last 11 months. But it was the market uh, and the reaction of a Fed member that is making the holders of financial assets and stocks uh, very worried. So telling us it is 5 or 7.5% inflation is really a slap in the face to pretty much all Americans and us here in Canada and around the world for that matter. 
because here are some price changes since January of 2021. One year of changes, natural gas has gone up 81%. Oil is up 66%. Agricultural commodities up 24%. Rent, 15%. Used car prices, 44%. Gas, 36 Cattle, 20%. Lumber, 15 Coffee, doubling. Yeah, up 90%. Hotel prices up 37%. Yet, today, CPI is just 7.5%. I mean, if we add everything up and do a mean, my son is he's 9 years old, he's learning mean and average, so he would add these figures up and divide it by 10, and that average should be close to 20-30% if we factor in the average of those major pieces. We're talking food, gas, things that we rely on, Jeremy. And for a government to tell us, nope, it's actually 7.5%. Um, it is a slap in the face. It is a blatant lie. And how many more items in, in life are we being lied to by a government if they can't tell us the truth? Well, we do know why, because you need to keep that, that barometer down to quell a panic. And similarly to gold and silver, you need to distract and dissuade people from the realities of gold and silver, these things that offer true wealth protection, an inflationary hedge in gold and silver to keep the runaway from these financial assets. Well, the fact of the matter is people are seeing through it and they're taking their money out of the bank, taking their money out of financial shares. They're not participating in this any longer and they're requiring gold and silver. Yeah, we're seeing everybody. See, what's happened is, is over the years, we've talked about what will happen when we start to see inflation, what it's going to look like. And now it's actually happening. We're, we're, in, we're in the eye of the storm. It's, it's happening. Inflation is happening. Um, so after the inflationary print that came out yesterday, it shocked, I mean, or sorry, uh, on Wednesday, it shocked pretty much the entire financial system to the point when we had uh, the St. Louis Fed President Jim Bullard uh, yesterday. He literally lit a fire in the markets calling for a full 100 basis point, a 1% rate hike. Uh, by July 1st, starting with a double, a 50 basis point hike immediately. Not happened since 2000 when they popped the dot-com bubble. Remember that. And what he's talking about now is literally taking a special Fed meeting and not waiting for March. So this rate hike, a 50 basis point rate hike that caused a stock market crash can literally happen at any point calling a special meeting behind the door meeting. I think we want to keep in perspective though that the the finance financial markets died in 2008. We'll talk more about that a little bit later on, but it it died in 2008 and they've been trying to keep this sustained. And then COVID comes along and they have the they have the quote-unquote opportunity to to change everything Excuse? and print mm -hmm. a ton of money and they could sit back and say you know, I can I can picture the interview on the HBO documentary where they speak to to Jerome Powell and he says, "Listen, we we had a choice. <laughs> we could have printed all this money or created all this money, or we could have let the whole system die." It was for the greater we, good. We knew that inflation was going to happen later on, but we had to take a we had to make a stand. We had to take a choice, and we took the choice of print money now and deal with the inflation later. Of course, the amount that they're trying to deal with is way too big to actually do anything. And if you look at 2008, Jerome Powell could not get up to 4%, which is if you go into a recession, you need to be able to drop interest rates by 
They couldn't even get there. I think they got up to two, two and a quarter, and then instantly they had to reverse course because the market got jittery and the market started to fall. So how are you supposed to do it now? You can't do it now. You can't do it. So they're going to talk. They're going to try. They're going to talk out of one hand and pray behind mm-hmm. closed doors mm-hmm. that, that somehow something happens. But I think we're headed for a major, major collapse yeah. of some kind. I mean, we're seeing it's everywhere. It's the, I mean, if you can't see the writing on the wall right now, um, you know, I don't know well, what to say. Well, the latest tick today, Jeremy, was the U.S. consumer sentiment, which has fallen to an 11-year low when wages aren't keeping up with inflation. Um, consumers are seeing it. They are hesitant to, to shop. You know, this is an, an indicator that things are very weak. And and another thing is this is weakness with the policy. The for, This monetary policy is one to raise rates at a time when it's the worst possible time in history. You raise rates historically in, in a market that is moving up, that's growing, that it's flourishing. Let's cool it down. You don't hike rates. This is an indication of a massive policy error, and this is the reason why. There's going to be a massive correction. And, and they're delusional because they want to say that the reason why inflation is happening is because we're opening up again and the economy is running hot or there's supply chain disruptions, which is adding premiums to everything. No. No, not buying it. It's not, that's not the case. You created 30 trillion is a hundred percent of the total GDP, Jerry. Oh, there's no, there's no coming back from this. There's oh, no money. going back. So we have to figure out a way to protect our wealth, the money that we have earned, the value that we go out into society and create. We have to figure out how to protect it because at this point, the dollar is being devalued to nothing and a dollar devaluation equals a gold revaluation and that's why you need to be in physical gold you need to have some hard assets in your portfolio and it might not just be gold and silver it could be a natural fancy colored diamond something that's not going to disappear overnight that's something we're going to discuss a little bit later in the show if you want to own some physical gold and silver go to guildhallwealth.com and you can sign up you can ask for a newsletter you can find out more about the market you can contact us directly we can help you acquire physical gold physical silver direct you can even go to our e-store guildhallpreciousmetals.com and you can own your own physical gold and silver in a registered account so that's something where the product is held in a sub account your own sub account segregated from all other holdings you get the listing of the bar numbers so it's directly allocated to you, no counterparty risk, held in a vault, uh, a vault which is outside the banking system, but it's within your registered account. This is a great way to fortify your retirement mm-hmm. and make sure that you're not going to get swept up in any issues that could be coming along. Uh, 30 seconds left, Jerry, some comments on this big bubble that we're clearly seeing burst. I mean, this is um, simply history repeating without lessons learned as, as humans, as individuals, and particularly our, our political and corporate landscape, the leadership. Um, they just simply cannot resist the greed and, and self-interest that this credit-based fiat monetary system allows. Um, and what we read earlier this week, Ray Dalio said the changing world order uh, is repeating. It's, it's, a, it's a repeating cycle. So we're seeing this. And the question is, are you ready? 
The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. If you own some physical gold and silver, which Ray Dalio does, and he says if you don't know if you don't own any gold and silver, then you don't know history. So we think that he's on to something there for sure. Um, we agree with him. You got to be ready. We're going to be ready to talk about more on the next uh, segment of the show. This is the Real Money Show on AM six forty. We'll be right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number 18778Silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. You have to have insurance before the fire. I'm going to give you an example of that, Jerry. Please do. In 2016, when they had the referendum in England for uh, Brexit, once they they uh, had the vote and they voted to Brexit, the British pound lost 40 percent. Is it 40 percent? I'll have to I'll have to double check the numbers, but they lost something like 35 percent yeah, against 30. a basket of currencies, and gold instantly shot up 35 percent in British pounds. Mm-hmm. Now, this is a case of – this is a perfect example of you cannot own gold after. You have to have it before. And once you need the insurance, it starts to pay out. Yeah. And so that's what happened in 2016. Now, if we go back to the last couple of years, um, for those who have recency bias and they look at gold and say, oh, it's not doing anything. And why would I, why would I own it if it's not doing anything? It's it hasn't, down today. It hasn't done anything, you know. Um, Silver is an example between 2019 and 2020 went up 63% mm-hmm. and then came back 14%. And we're only a couple months into 2022. So it, it got way out in front of this story as an example right. of what is happening. So you either had the ticket or you didn't. Mm-hmm. And you need the ticket now because, um, you know, to quote David Morgan, the silver guru, the biggest the 90% of the move happens in the last 10% of the market. Mm-hmm. And also 10% of the people make 90% of the money. Right. So I guess it would go to show that the 10% of the people that get involved way early and have the ticket are going to be the ones that, that are the most successful. And that's mm-hmm. the idea. And it, for anyone who's owned precious metals for a long time, there's no worries. There's no worries for them because if you bought gold 10 years ago at, you know, well, 15 years ago at $500 an ounce, what do you care? Mm-hmm. What what happens today in the market? Right. What happens tomorrow in the market? You're there, mm-hmm. you know, in the market and the the assets will continue to do their job. Anyway, that was my little soapbox thing. I just wanted to get that out of the way. Let's talk about let's revisit 2008. Cuz I I remember in 2008 when the market started to tank. You had Obama and McCain were on the campaign trail, and um, George W. was in the was was in was the president, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they got they had Tim Geithner over in in New York, or and then you had uh, Bernanke at the Fed, and you had Hank Paulson, right, right, and Hank Paulson, look, I don't agree with any of it. But he at least had the leadership to say, I'm going to ask for a lot of money here, right? right? Um, let's throw a number out of, the, out of a hat. Oh, I don't know, $500 billion. Let's mm-hmm. go with that. That's the biggest number I can think of, which looks like, you know, pennies piddly. today. It seems piddly today. But 
What would happen? I'm going to put this to you first. What do you think it would look like if we had a panic the way we had in 2008 and Biden shuffles into the room to, to provide leadership on, on a massive, you know, Dow Jones tanking? It would be a, like, how does oh he come gosh. out? How does he come out on, on CNN? How does he come out on MSNBC or CNBC to quell the markets down? To say, I'm president and we've got this under control. What does he do? What does he say? He shuffles out and says... Well, you know what? Besides his personality and, this, and his, his state of health or his state of mind, all of that aside, back in 08, they had, the, they had some tools in their toolbox. They had QE, quantitative easing. They were able to bring some sort of a monetary solution to quell everyone's worries. Mind you, again... Consumer sentiment, Jeremy, hit 11-year low today, okay? <laughs> so it's already bad. And if you bring, bring in this guy Biden, <laughs> President Biden, to, to offer a solution, he has no more tools. I mean, what's so going to happen? Side. It's already it, bad. It's just bad to worse. So, so what's going to happen? B Biden and, and they're going to film Biden and Buffett going for ice cream? They'll have to make a movie out of it, some sort of, sort of a, a drama to, to you know play it up. But again, there is no solution to this massive $30 trillion debt problem. And what's even worse uh, is, a, is a Fed policy error. Even though the market's already pricing in a 50, One of many. One of many, a plethora. There's a 50 basis point rate hike already I wonder how in. many they've got right. <laughs> awful, they just, awful track Look, record. at the end of the day, they just do not have the discipline that gold provides. And even when, when Ron Paul was, was talking to Greenspan way back in the day. Greenspan said that. He said, as central bankers, we try to employ the discipline that mimics gold. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? You, you, you can't, can't do it. Under a gold standard, do you know how much you can add to the gold supply every year? 1.75%, maybe 2%. And the Fed increased it by 65% in a single year. Mm -hmm. That is not the discipline that, that that people need. Right. You know? Exactly. And then, to, and then let's take that into a Canadian perspective. You pay what? 35, 40% taxes on your income. And then you pay 13% as Ontarians on top of every after tax dollar that you've already spent. And now the government comes along and says, inflation's 4%. And you know it's 14. So you're losing another 10. Mm -hmm. I mean, where, where does it end? No. How much do you need? And then they advantage? go ahead and well, then they go further. Then they print enough. They print conjure up enough money out of thin air that that your great grandkids are paying for what for a policy that's being put into place today by by a government that will not be your government in in sixty years. Exactly. So I don't know. the The debts will be restructured for sure. The dollar's gone. Mm -hmm. You should. We should be working off the premise that the dollar is has run off the cliff yeah. and just has it's not gone. looked down yet. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, the currency is is the is the issue here. Um, it's worth less and less to the point where I don't think it has any value anymore. When you're when you're skewing the figures as CPI, um, the purchasing power that we have is literally uh, has lost almost 100% of its purchasing power since its inception. So, I mean, where are we? We're pretty much at the tail end of the story. And the tail end is this Fed mon monetary policy failure. It's a Fed failure. Um, Fedflation is is the cause, and to the and what we're seeing right now, although they're pricing in rate hikes down the line, six or seven. Goldman Sachs wants seven 
interest rate hikes. The problem is the forward swaps are already pricing in rate cuts amid a recession in two years. So the forward swaps, which looks forward, are already pricing a Fed policy mistake, a failure, and a reversal, like the taper tantrum uh, when they started to hike interest rates back in 2018. They had to reverse course. So these forward swaps are telling us they're already pricing in a reversal, a yeah. massive failure. And they already buy most of the bonds that they're not going to buy anymore, the Fed. Yeah. So what happens then? You're the, you're the one providing the punch bowl and you're taking it away and you're just taking away everything that's propping up the market. So it's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be an absolute bloodbath. I don't see how we avoid it personally. I mean, I, I don't have a crystal ball. You know, maybe no. they print enough money and they somehow put it all into the stock market and the stock market, despite fundamentals, right? We'll talk, let's talk about fundamentals right now. But despite fundamentals, the, the stock market just keeps going up mm -hmm. and it goes up over 15% a year, but it's hyperinflationary, right? right? The companies are still zombie bank, still zombie companies. Every, and anyone on the street can tell you that. They're not doing as much business. They're not buying as much supplies. So the companies who have the umbrellas of these supplies, like, you know, like Unilever or whatever, they're not doing as much business. How can they be doing business? Look at cleaning supplies as just an example. Who's cleaning, you know, the financial district downtown Toronto? Who's there right. to clean? What? Are, why clean? Mm -hmm. There's no one there. <laughs> so there's no supplies being bought. Just take that all back. This is what's happening, mm -hmm. right? We have to admit what's happening and understand it. Right. So we see a lot of people pulling, pulling money from the banks. But let's talk about the fundamentals. Mm -hmm. Okay. When we started this in 2008, the fundamentals were essentially inflation or dollar devaluation, printing money leading to inflation, supply and demand and geopolitical risk. Mm -hmm. Now, back then, oil was a big part of that. Oil was sort of the inflationary indicator, more so than what than what the government's state inflation to be. Mm -hmm. And oil is looking like a, one, a bright flashing inflation indicator. Absolutely. This is an indicator. Oil has always been that canary in the coal mine, as, as copper has been for us as well. I think the entire commodity space, Jeremy, is is a telltale, uh, is, a, is a huge sign for us in metals, uh, for us in the precious metal space. These markets tend to tend to take off first, and precious metals will follow suit. But uh, absolutely, we're seeing a lot of buying in these markets, and uh, we had a report that came out uh, care of Quest Trade. Uh, it was from the FN Media Group that uh, that did a market commentary. Um, and it was a report from Goldman Sachs, and what they're saying is Goldman Sachs sees 2022 as a start of a metals super cycle that will last for decades. The biggest beneficiary of the commodity cycle across the board is metals, says Goldman Sachs, with, with the analysts comparing metals to oil back in the 2000s. Oh, wow. That was a great segue, by the way. You managed to pull the oil into there. Yeah, I mean, but it's a it's now okay. So we've indicator. got we've got an article here essentially saying Goldman Sachs is saying super commodity cycle. That's right. But then we have another article where another Goldman Sachs person got onto uh, or TD got onto CNBC and said, "Don't own gold." Can you talk about that? 
that piece for a moment. Yeah, there's two narratives happening here, Jeremy. There's obviously one that kind of understand history and one that is trying to, in my opinion, trying to dissuade people and sway people away from the solution. And and uh, on CNBC over the week, we had uh, the Bart Mellick, who is TD's Securities Global Head of Commodities, and he said, as rates are expected to move higher, we've seen a definite move away from gold. Um, so some market watchers believe that the, this this correlation or this um, negative correlation is with higher interest rates, it sends gold lower because of increased competition from higher yielding investments, not factoring in inflation, of course. So you have a 10-year treasury yield yielding too. So as that goes up, um, it should attract people toward that yield, chasing yield. But um, history says otherwise. A, what he's saying is basically kind of um, a formula based in the 80s and 90s of, hey, if, if interest rates are rising, then it makes wanting to own these conservative equity assets than rather than hold gold. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is you've got less than 1% interest in the bank. Canadian government saying inflation's at 4%. What are you thinking the stock market's going to rise at? If inflation, real world inflation is above 10%, are you going to get a 10% dividend? I don't think so. No, this is stagflation 101. Right? So, so you, you need something. Is housing prices going to go up another 10, 15%? The government's telling you they're going to raise, they're going to, they're threatening to raise interest rates. Well, what's the price of houses go when, it, when interest rates? You know, people are looking to start sell. If they weren't they're thinking selling. about selling before, they're thinking about selling now because yes. they're thinking I'm pretty close to the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're seeing that move away from real estate, and it's because of interest rates, obviously. Um, but I had to actually um, contrast all of this uh, negativity towards gold, that gold actually is not a hedge, is what they're saying, to inflation. So I just had to do some digging, and really, it's right there in front of us. History does suggest uh, the otherwise, and I'll you know state that in the next segment, Jeremy. Yeah, let's do that in the next segment. History says otherwise when rates go up. Let's talk about what really happens to gold. The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. It's the real money show on AM six forty, and we'll be right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio six forty Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. We were just talking about looking at two different versions of how to approach the market. You've got Goldman Sachs coming out um, in a report saying that we're about to hit a commodity super cycle, especially on the precious metal side. And then you have someone coming out on CNBC from TD saying, look, when rates go up, people don't want to own gold. And I would interpret that, Jerry, because I've seen it. When I started working in the gold market, Greenspan was raising interest rates a quarter point every time they had a Fed meeting. And sometimes the price would go go up and sometimes the gold price would go down. I'm talking about reacting on a you know the news moment. But ultimately what what I saw is interest rates are going up. You mean the Fed is fighting inflation? You mean there's inflation? I should own gold. Mm -hmm. And and that's what gold did. It was moving up in the double digits 
all through 2004, 5, 6, 7 until 2008. It comes down a little bit and then it starts ratcheting up again, double digit gains. Um, and then it doesn't really pull back until 2013. At that point, the, the cycle, that one cycle was over and the price of, of gold had ultimately gone from a low of 250 an ounce to a high of $1,900 an ounce. Mm. So let's keep going with uh, this person's view on raising interest rates means, oh, gold should go down. That's right. So the key takeaway here is that many of these um, mainstream economic pundits are out there talking about you know, higher interest rates, which should send gold lower because of increased competition from higher yielding investments. So a little bit of digging, we find, you know, what has actually happened uh, historically. So we have a historic look here, and I brought an article from Investopedia, uh, which is, a, a everyone knows, it's a great resource, an encyclopedia for everything investing. So a historical look, even though the widespread popular belief is, to, is that there exists a strong negative correlation between interest rates and the price of gold, a long-term term review of the respective paths and trends of interest rates and gold prices reveals that no such relationship exists. Again, no such relationship exists. The correlation between interest rates and the price of gold over the past half century since 1970 has been about 30% and very significant. A, a study of the massive bull market in gold that occurred, they continued, during the 70s revealed that gold's run-up to its all-time high price of the 20th century happened right when interest rates were high and rapidly, rapidly rising. The price of gold mushroomed from under 50 an ounce to a previously unimaginable price of $850 an ounce. Gold prices had a strong, positive correlation with interest rates rising in concert with rising interest rates. So again, I need to drum that home. Gold and rising interest rates are highly correlated. We're going back decades here. So for those mainstream economic pundits, please tell the truth. Pl tell your clients what is the real hedge against inflation. That hedge historically is gold. And let's not forget 2018. They tried to raise interest rates, tank the market, and had to reverse course. What are you going to do now? The debts are so much bigger than they were in 2018. So keep that in mind, too. The last time they tried to raise interest rates in a fragile economy and a fragile financial system, it did not go over well. So things can appear like they're doing fine until they're not doing fine. And I really feel like we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know when these things are going to happen. But it certainly feels like something big is going to happen that's not going to be positive news for the market. And these interest rate hikes could be the signal of that end of this massive run-up in the stock market over the last uh, 12, 15 years. Well, this talks about Goldman Sachs' reasoning for a decades-long bull market. Now, what a bull market is, is price moving up. This is a massive bull market that we've seen here, $50 an ounce to eight fifty. That's 17 times. Is that the type of money that we want to make? Is that the type of gains and wealth protection that we need? Absolutely. And this is why the key is to acquire these assets while they're extremely low right now, when they're unloved by TD, when they're unloved by the mainstream. But tell you who, Goldman Sachs loves them, Saxo Bank likes them, and Guildhall Wealth Management loves them as well. The number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. But you know what, Jerry? One of the issues of the day is that we're living in sort of a meta universe, a recency bias, and everything is digital. So the, the idea of a real world, even though governments blame the real world and supply, supply chain issues on inflation, 
uh, or inflation on the supply chain issues, I should say. Yeah, there's a real world, but that's not the world most people are living in. They're living in the world of dividends and, and digital and digital, digital, digital and meta. But that's not the actual case, is it? I mean, we, last week we talked about um, central bank digital currencies and the only thing they were boasting was, oh, we can do fast transactions. But what would happen if we were in a, in a financial system where the central bank controlled our money? Completely. I mean, look at what happened with GoFundMe, right? Do you want to tell a little bit, uh, tell the audience about that? Well, sure. Uh, everyone knows GoFundMe is a platform where um, a, a cause can raise funds and have those funds allocated to the coordinators for the disperse, dis disbursement of their choice. Um, and as we saw in the last couple of weeks, GoFundMe um, was a huge example of issues with digital currency, with anything digital is that if you do not agree or if you sound different or if you you know if you if you go against what they believe then they can just seize your assets seize the seize the funds that were meant for this charity so go gofundme is one example of of raising funds and it gets seized uh, just because the narrative is a little different than theirs and this is this is part of a, a control narrative of who controls your money Shouldn't money not be controlled by a government? Shouldn't it be controlled by the people? By the people. In that sense. And that's what gold does. It's an ounce all around the world. It's independence. And as, as these currencies are being devalued all around the world, gold is revaluing against them. And sometimes there's a lag. That's okay. The, it will catch up. And that's what we see happening. We see gold and silver doing a major catch up. And if you like gold, silver is going to be incredible because, look, there's – Five billion ounces of gold above ground at eighteen hundred dollars an ounce. That's about nine trillion dollars. There's probably close to three hundred trillion in debt, mm -hmm. and in silver, there's only maybe two billion ounces, maybe around the world. Half a billion come out of the ground, and it's all used up every year. And we have to go to recycling or whatnot. And investors are buying silver, yes. and the ratios in the high seventies. It's going to be so, so explosive. But it's not the only market that's going to be explosive. We'll talk about another market that's also going to be explosive, something to keep an eye on. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Come to Guildhall if you want to get some physical gold and silver in your portfolio, whether you want to buy it direct or hold it in a registered account. Again, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. It's The Real Money Show on AM640. We'll be right back. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. We were just sort of talking about the digitization of things and how that can come along with a, a loss of sovereignty. Mm -hmm. And so we want to come up with ways that we can undigitize our wealth. Am I saying that right, Jerry? Absolutely, yeah. That's okay. what we uh, that's what we believe in. That's what we believe in. So now, gold and silver aren't the only ways to do that. One another way we can do that is is with assets that are rare. And what we've done at Guildhall is over the years we've dealt in the natural fancy color diamond market, which is very rare. And the way it works essentially is for every ten thousand white diamonds that are out there in the world, there's a colored diamond. That doesn't make it a particularly good color diamond, but it makes it a color diamond. To get to something 
that we have at Guildhall, whether it's uh, internally flawless yellow, VVS pink, you would have to point zero zero one percent of the of the diamonds out there would be in that type of grade. So it's not just one in every ten thousand; it's one in every hundred thousand, uh, or one in a million, I should say. And so that's the type of rarity that we're talking about. And um, I was just looking at a diamond yesterday, case in point, and a uh, fancy, intense yellow. So vivid is the strongest color mm-hmm. or strongest saturation. Then you'd have intense. A one carat intense yellow, internally flawless, oval shape. Looking at the Fancy Color Research Foundation, we saw that there was only 11 came to market every year. Imagine that, 11 diamonds a year. Now, it doesn't say that those diamonds are shallow or deep or that the oval is maybe oblonged mm-hmm. or stubby. It just says internally flawless oval shape. So if you were to, if you were to handicap that a little bit, maybe mm-hmm. down to five, All right. five a year, that's 50 every 10 years. That's 100 every 20 years. Wow. And over the years uh, at Guildhall, over the last uh, 10 years at least, we've probably only seen a, a five or six come through our doors. And these are rare, rare assets. Now, when we first started, you could buy one of those for $12,000. Right. Today, they're well into the 20s, well into the 25,000s. Um, so great asset to hold. Absolutely. I mean, in times where we're seeing monetary policy failures, we saw the boom in in, in the color diamond market. We saw the prices really take off. Um, The market has been pivoting because we're trying to catch our feet with the the lockdowns and we can't visit people. So pivoting um, and reshuffling. But we see see a point where this is a huge opportunity because of the pivot. we We have an opportunity for clients to undigitize their portfolio with rarity. This is where at Guildhall, invest in luxury and rarity meet investing. You need to contact us to find out how a color diamond can fit your portfolio. We have a lot of individuals selling properties, uh, investment homes, two, three investment homes. Now they're now sitting in a few million dollars in cash. As soon as you get that check from a real estate uh, from your lawyer, your your cash is burning. 13, 14% inflation. You need to roll that either into another hot real estate market, uh, a record high uh, price. Cross your fingers, hope for the best. Yes, and cr- cross your fingers, hope for the pe- best that you can rinse and repeat, or you park it into something with rarity and worth. And this is why we love natural fancy color diamonds. A Guildhall diamonds is rarer than rare. We, we take the guesswork out of it for you. We acquire these diamonds direct. We own every single one of the diamonds. So we encourage you to get in touch and find out through our diamond discovery session how a diamond can benefit you and your portfolio as well for your family in the future. The number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, you just mentioned real estate and you know, we have a lot of clients who do sell real estate and then they're looking into the gold market. Now what's what's a way that they can do that where they can make sure that they're not paying those premiums on gold because obviously you know gold's trading at let's say eighteen hundred dollars an ounce and you're paying you know almost a hundred dollars over spot what are some of the ways that they can overcome these costs of doing business and get into a success position with their gold because they don't want to hold it in the bank they're getting nothing in the bank they they 
they're not insured in the bank if they're mm-hmm. having more than $100,000 and more than 200 in a credit union. So what are some things that they can do to get ahead better and be more comfortable and confident with their gold position? Exactly. This is a very good question, a very important question because we're getting a lot, a ton of real estate investors not jumping back into the real estate market. So we have these conversations. It's important to get in touch with us to have these conversations to find out uh, what would be the best move for them, knowing that eventually they may want to convert the gold, uh, silver back into real estate. We talked about the gold to real estate ratio, the silver to real estate ratio. And to do this, gold will definitely be the play for us in the, in the medium to long term. Uh, and going over some of the myths, there are a lot of myths or an idea, theory that an, a person may need to get smaller increments, one ounce bars, so they can have liquidity. Get that out of your mind. Kilo bars are the way to go. 10 ounce bars may even, uh, because the idea would be to buy as close to that spot price as possible. We know that there is a premium over the spot price, and by buying kilo bars, you you get to that you get as close to that spot price as possible, and we mitigate the risks of your concern of of liquidity. The one ounce bars are liquid, just as the kilogram bars are are just as liquid as the one ounce bars. So. Uh, you know, contact us, talk about, take a look at how kilo bars, gold kilogram bars, about 75,000, 70,000 Canadian, and you can acquire that with ease and sell that. When that time is right to liquidate back into the real estate market, we can do that for you at Guildhall. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a great thing that people should be thinking about because you're reducing your premium by almost 40% so that you can overcome the hump of getting into the market and you only, you're only looking for the price of gold to move up you know, $60, give or take. And then that's it. You've covered, you've covered your cost, the hump to get into the market. And now, you know, and where the market's going, look, there is no doubt in my mind that gold is going to be doubling, tripling, quadrupling from here. It's just a matter of time. And silver will be even better than that because silver is such a small market and so much more undervalued. Because what happens in the gold market is amplified in the silver market. So when it's up, Silver's way up. When it's down, gold, silver's more down. This is going to be a very, very exciting market to be in, but you have to have a ticket. You got to be at the show. You got to be in your seat. It's better to be a year early than a day late. It's better to be a month early than a day late. And you need that ticket to ride. And that's where we're at right now. You have to get involved before it's too late. You, there's no insurance after the fire. You have to be there before. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. Jerry, thank you so much for, for chatting today. It's been great to, to speak with you all this week. And uh, we look forward to speaking with you next week here on The Real Money Show on AM640 Toronto. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.